All right. Well, welcome everyone to Little Wars FM, our companion podcast to our YouTube channel, Little Wars TV. I'm Josh, and today I'm with Dieter. Hi, Dieter. Hey, Josh. Hey, um, we are a Wild West-loving bunch of guys at our club, and um, we're going to start a series of podcasts on rules reviews focusing just on Wild West because we've played a lot of Wild West in our club and we don't really have one particular rule set that we favor or have selected as the the best one. I mean, I've played maybe over the years six different rule sets and I can never quite remember which one is which. So with this podcast series, I wanted to, um, you know, I think it'd be good if we could go through all the different rules, um, review them, let you guys know what our club thinks of them, um, and maybe that'll also help you guys make decisions when you play. Um, Dieter, how many different rule sets do you own in Wild West? Um, I, I think I have five or six rule sets. Um, I, I was looking for a, a project that wasn't too ambitious uh, miniatures-wise, and I, I already had some some cowboys and stuff. Uh, so I thought they'd be easy to paint up. And like you said, we've played a bunch of different rules in the club. Uh, so I, I thought I would uh, get get a few copies of different rules and figure out what looked good to me, run some games at the club, see what we liked, and maybe find that kind of holy grail Wild exactly. West rules that everybody likes. Exactly. That That's what I'm hoping, too. Um we don't play Wild West like every month, you know, it kind of goes in cycles. I think we, there was a spurt there where we built a ton of different buildings and terrain for it. We all got miniatures and painted a bunch. I think there's probably, probably, I don't know, eight members of the club that all have miniatures for this genre. Yeah. At we one point really... we had that, uh, that Google spreadsheet that we shared out that everybody was was putting their buildings on so we built the so the town didn't have yes. like 10 jails and six gun yes, shops exactly. and that kind of thing we were very organized with wild west for some reason we're not always organized but we were with wild west but yeah we i like the the terrain collection in the club we can fill a almost fill like a a, a six by eight table with buildings like yeah we, we can we can build a pretty big town with what we have yeah, it, it, is, it is a really nice collection of stuff. And the good thing about Wild West, the genre in, in general, that I like is that it doesn't take a lot of miniatures. Um, the rule sets that we're going to review in this in this series of, for the podcast, I mean, most games, you can each player can maybe have one to six models at the most. So you, you don't really need a lot. And that gets us to um, our rule system and how we rate reviews. If you're not familiar with Little Wars tv and how we review our rule sets we break it down into five categories one of them is playability which which we will talk about um playability has to do with how easy it is to put on the table the other categories are presentation mechanics historical flavor and support now each one is weighted differently we have we put more weight on playability and mechanics and we put less weight on presentation and support and then we give a we will uh, give a an overall point score for each category then add it up and um calculate our review so Dieter, are you ready yeah i'm ready 
What's the first rule set we're going to get into on this series? Uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to start out with Gunfighter's Ball, written by Forrest Harris and Brian Jubilation Martin, who sounds like he was born to write Wild Rest Rules with that name. <laughs> Indeed. I'm, I'm sure that's why his middle name's in there. I think so, too. You can find the rule sets online at Knuckle Duster Miniatures. Uh, what year? Do you, when did this come out, Dieter? Um, it, it looks like uh, 2018. It was a Kickstarter 2018. Okay. through 2017. Which is pretty new. I think. Yeah, re- relatively new. Uh, they're definitely one of the newer rule sets I've seen at conventions. Uh, been seeing their miniatures for a good couple of years at conventions. They have really nice miniatures, uh, which is another strong point of Wild West. There's a huge variety of miniatures to collect out there. Uh, whether you like kind of a mm-hmm. grittier, more historic style, um, or you're like me and you like silly miniatures that look like a guy from a movie you saw and liked. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of variety there. I think in the club we tend to be a little less serious about the history side of Wild West gaming. Um, I think mostly because none oh, of us right. are, you know, none of us has really taken a super deep dive on that history, except maybe Chow. Chow seems to know a lot of. Uh, of Wild West yes, history and trivia stuff. Uh, but I think the rest of us are a good bit less serious and and kind of our fuel for that genre is, is based on a lot of movies and TV. Oh, for sure. When we uh, say that we're going to run a Wild West game at the club, everyone knows it's a beer and pretzel night. Absolutely, yeah. Except when we when we play Chow's Unpublished Rules, which are, which are very interesting and tense. Always yeah, enjoy those, but ho- hopefully... They are I- good... Hopefully someday he'll publish them so other people can play them too. Yeah, I hope so too, and I hope we can review them. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get started. So Gunfighter's Ball um, is a Wild West, as we as we said, Wild West rule set meant for skirmish, small engagements, um, primarily in twenty eight millimeter, I think. But I, I think you could probably modify it for up or down to fifteens, twenties, or Maybe yeah. even up to 32s or 54s if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I, I think 28 is probably the sweet spot selection-wise uh, in the miniatures ranges and, and the amount of terrain out there. You could do 15 uh, if you had a smaller playing space or you wanted a larger figure count, but this probably isn't the rule set for a large uh, figure count kind of skirmish. And uh, base, we'll get to that later, but mo- primarily based on the activation system. But you could tweak it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to come down into me- in the yeah. mechanics section. Um, this is definitely not um, intended for large-scale engagements. Let's start, though, with the, with the first category, and that is presentation. Presentation is um, 10% of the score, and it's it's all about the layout, the design, the, the physical materials that come with the game, uh, how it's organized, how is it clear, is it written well. And I think, you know, this was a very well done publication. Like Dieter mentioned, it, it was a Kickstarter, so it came with a beautiful hardbound color book. It had tons of photos, um, tables, charts, colorized, uh, all kinds of interesting stuff that was period appropriate as well. The book also had a bunch of scenarios in the back. Uh, I I really I really like the presentation of this of this rule set. Yeah, yeah, it was it's a very attractive rule book, uh, glossy paper color, like you said. Uh, I think it's laid out pretty well. 
Uh, the reference sheets are also, uh, yeah, I guess you could say the reference sheets are part of presentation, but maybe part of playability as well. Uh, but they're also oh, nicely cool. organized and attractive. I mean, it's not just a... Yeah, it, it, yeah, as far as organized, I mean, there's an index in the back of the book, which is critical when you have a, a, a rule book, particularly a, one with a larger set of rules. And this, I mean, this was this was a good-sized book. It, I can't recall how many pages it was. I, I forgot to write that down, but I think it was it was up over up over 50, I believe, in pages. It was one of the larger uh, page counts of, of the rules we played. Sure. Yeah, but I think a lot of that though, Dieter, was just photos and and cool little uh, historical things too. Like, yeah, just... you get a lot of that in in the more professionally produced hardback, glossy paper rule books. You know, there's a little hobby section on you know here's how to paint miniatures because obviously you don't know how to do that. But that that's good in this kind of game because this could be like a gateway kind of game for somebody that's just getting into miniatures or just getting into historical stuff. Yes, Wild West true. is pretty accessible and popular. Yeah, and this has everything you need. It has the index, has all the tables, all the charts are in the back of the book. It has a QRS, has examples of play with color photos. I mean, I gave it a 9 out of 10 because I really, the only thing I could ding it for in my per, is my own personal preference, and, and that is I like to have spiral binding so I can open the book up to a, a section and keep it there on the table open if I need to reference it. Uh, maybe in a first scenario that I'm running or a campaign or a specific section of the rules, it's a little tricky, but so you can't do that with this. So I can't give it a 10 out of 10, but I will give it a nine. How about you? Uh, I'll give it a 10 out of 10 just based on it looks premium. Like I think the spiral bound stuff while it's handier at the table to be able to, to flip the entire section around so that you've only got a book sized thing instead of having to fold out both leaves of the cover. Yeah. Uh, that it is uh, out of the rule sets I have. It's it's the eye-catching one. You look at that, and you're like, somebody put effort into that. This You know, this is well-produced. Yeah, so I, I could see that. I mean, it's personal. For me, it's personal. So, But 10's a, 10's a great score. 9's yeah. a good score. So Looks nicer on my bookshelf than any of my spiral bounds. <laughs> it does. I, you're right. Let's move on to playability. This is a large chunk of the, our overall score. It's 30%. Um. Gunfighter Ball is a small skirmish level wargaming set of rules. Because it's skirmish level, you don't need a lot of miniatures to get started, so that is a major plus. Makes it very easy for beginners to be able to pick up because of that. Um, and a lot of people are just attracted to painting Wild West figures. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to paint up a Blondie or a Tuco Carvera or, or uh, some kind of famous movie character, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got in my, my painting queue. I, uh... Just at Historicon, I picked up a, a Magnificent Seven set. So I want to paint oh, yeah. them that's, all that, and that's like movie be accurate outfits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I also have, I think I talked to you this about before, but I think Dave Bailey, there's only one other guy in the club that had seen My Name is Nobody, uh, which is the bad side of the spaghetti western uh, genre. It's like <laughs> borderline slapstick, some of the action in it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I might even be knuckle duster that I got that from. I get my, I get the manufacturers mixed up on a lot of the stuff I have. Uh, but there's a, a miniature of the, of that character. It's just totally movie accurate. He's got a saddle slung over his back uh, from one of the iconic scenes in the movie where he's got his saddle slung over his back and 
lets go of it, draws his pistol, holsters his pistol, and grabs the saddle before it falls to impress these three guys <laughs> that they've got no chance against him. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's that's the kind of conversations that we like to have at a club when we're playing these games. Um, so they, let's get back to playability, though. Um, I mean, it's so it's small. You don't need a lot of figures. That's that's great. Um, but you with this game system, you do need two different types of dice. You need D6s and you need D10s for a percentile roll. Um, you also makes this unique. You need a pack of playing cards. So you need a poker deck, a standard poker deck. Uh, you need character sheets for each miniature. Uh, you also need a set of poker chips. Now, it's not required to keep track of wounds using poker chips, but it's recommended in the rules. I guess the poker chips is supposed to just add a little bit of historical flair when you're quote unquote cashing in your chips means you're dead yeah and poker chips is a good prop for a western game it fits the theme uh when we played we just marked wounds on on the character sheets uh, and the character sheets were not super involved it was basically you know character's name some ammo boxes and some hit point boxes yeah it's not a it's yeah it's not a full eight and a half by 11 size sheet of information but yeah you do still have to do a little bit of legwork before you start your game because you do have to have your character names and stuff figured out and your little bit of information as far as equipment and maybe special skill sets and things like that. You need to have your two different set of dice and the pack of playing cards. And there's also an optional deck in this rule set, right, Dieter? Yes, yes, there is. The, the there, uh, Is it the gun gunfighter's deck? Pistolier, pist- pist- right? Pistolier's deck, that's it, yes. <laughs> So there's an optional deck of cards that comes with it. And, and the Pistolier deck is supposed to be like a custom deck that just has special abilities and quirks, which are kind of like negative traits. And so you could, in the beginning of your game, draw a card for your character and, or two, and then that will give you like a, a little bit of role-playing kind of characteristics to your character so that not everyone's um, generic. You know, right. you might get... You might get bonuses to, um, you know, aimed shots or long, you know, rifle shots, or you might get um, bonus to your move rate or things like that to to make it a little interesting. Right, and we did use those. We just didn't. Uh, uh, we didn't use the deck. We just uh, you predetermined them, I think, for the characters and had them on the sheets. Or, yeah, I think roll? what I did is I looked at all of them, and there I don't know how many there were, and I just had someone. I just had everyone roll like a a D10 and then yeah. we just looked at the book and went down to whatever number they rolled. And that was the characteristic they yeah. made. Ha- having that deck would cut down some of the legwork uh, because, uh, well, I haven't actually physically looked at the deck, but I'm assuming that it has how the skill works on the card. Yes. So it, yeah, it would, does. that would speed things up considerably uh, for probably just a couple of bucks. I'm not sure how much the deck costs, but. So, I mean, overall, I mean, um, with all the stuff that it's required to play, I don't think it's one of the best rule sets. It seems like there is a lot of stuff you kind of need. You just can't go with the rules and whatever you have laying around the house. You kind of need a little bit of extra things. So um, for that reason, I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's good. It's strong, but it's not, you know, it's not the best. Uh, I think if you want to really see this game in its full spectacle with all the trappings, then you need to have all the stuff they recommend, which is the Pistolier deck, the, the poker chips, the pack of cards, the 
the character sheets filled out, uh, all that. So what do you think, Dieter? I'd, I'd give it an eight. Uh, things pretty much made sense right off the bat. Uh, we didn't really have to get into the rule book too much. Uh, once, once we started, things flowed pretty well. By the end of the night, we pretty much, or the end of the game, we weren't we weren't referencing nearly as much stuff because it it was pretty digestible after just a, a few rounds of play. Yeah, I think by just a, a round or two, everyone knew the rules. Like they're really easy to pick up on. Yeah, we were just ch- mostly checking modifiers after the, yeah. the first couple of turns. Yeah, there's a few modifiers to hit and and to things like that. But um, yeah, other than that, I think the concept of the game is super easy to pick up. So it's a very playable game. So you gave it an eight. I gave it a seven. Those are pretty good scores. Let's get into mechanics and ta- tell everyone how this game is played. This is a this is one of along with playability our largest percent of the score. So it's very important. Um, and I'm going to briefly go over how the game plays. The big thing is the poker deck. Each character or each model that you have on the board, each miniature is going to be assigned a card from a standard poker deck. That card is used in two ways. First, it's your activation card. Whenever that card is drawn out of the deck, you're going to be able to activate that miniature. Secondly, that card is used as their quote-unquote ace in the hole card. And that means when when it's flipped up, this allows your character to make a quick draw. And a quick draw is basically like an interrupt in other historical wargaming rule sets. It allows you that one opportunity because the card is flipped up, you get to interrupt somebody uh, if they're trying to get the drop on you. As long as you can see them, there's rules to how you can interrupt them and do this quick draw. But as long as you can see them, you could try to do a quick draw. And once you use that ace in the hole card, then it's flipped over turned over and the only way you can flip that ace in the whole card back up face right, upright again is by spending another activation to do so so it's a limited kind of use it's probably you're only going to be able to do that once per turn maybe um and that's how the activations work the, the each character is uh has different level there's three different levels of characters right Dieter correct one level one there's a level one character level two character level three character Level threes are the highest character in the game, and they get three activations. So they'll have three cards in the deck. So there'll be three chances for that card to come up. And then the level twos get two, and level ones get one. So they only get one activation. Um, I like, I really like that ace in the hole mechanic. It's a clever, it's, I think it's really clever how they allow you to do an interrupt action. So you, you get to activate one to three times per turn, and... Um, during an activation, a player can do two actions. Uh, and there's a long list of actions, many of which you really don't use in a typical game. Um, but the most common ones you're going to use are the move, shoot, aim, reload, draw your weapon. Th- that's you know typical stuff you would expect right. to see in a Wild West game. There's a lot of other actions too, like search a room or pick up an item. You don't really... Yeah, right. There's not... There's some of them you... I engaged in a little fisticuffs in the game we played. Yeah, brawling, brawling is one too. Um, 
one one of the actions that is available in this rule set which i really like and i didn't see this in some of the other rule sets we've played is the ability to do overwatch now they don't call it overwatch in, in gunfighters ball they call it bushwhack but it's basically the same thing right Dieter? right yeah and I, I liked the way that worked in a lot of games overwatch can get a little overpowered to the point where it paralyzes people on the table everybody's just an overwatch waiting for something to move uh but in this game you kind of declare a zone that you're watching i think was it five inches yeah six it's a fairly narrow zone so you're, you're you're looking at the window of this building you're looking at that alley you're not just standing at the corner ready to gun down anything that moves on the street you have to declare where where you're focusing Yes, it is a very limited Overwatch, and I, I like it. But it, so, but it works for Wild West because I think I could, you know, you can always see that cowardly guy skulking in the alley behind a building, just waiting for the the good guy to come out from you know behind the building, and and they'll take a cheap shot at him. It's just a it's a very limited you know ability, but it it's nice to have that in the rule set. So that's basically it. You the card your a card is drawn out of the poker deck. If it's your card, then you activate your character. If you act, if you get to activate, you go, you do two actions. Um, and then when you shoot combat is combat is broken down into some, some more details. This game is very detailed in combat. Um, it gets, it gets really down into the nitty gritty. The first way that it's detailed is that guns are broken down into five different range bands and each one has their own unique hit percentage on a percentage a percentile dice. So um, you start with your base percentage and then you, um, you based on your range, and then you can, you look at your hit modifiers. There are 12 different hit modifiers. And then you, so you modify your percentage then you roll two D tens to get a percentile number and try to get under the required percentage that, that you need. If you hit, then you hit, then you consult a location table that, um where you roll to see where on the on the victim you've you've hit them with the shot and of course you always want a headshot right <laughs> yeah we had quite a few of those in our game i think it uh headshot was like a five zero to five percent on the yeah. to hit location but we had like four four headshots and a, ta- yeah, on a, and on a table with like 12 didn't miniatures steve on have it. like four i think steve <laughs> had four just on him by himself it yeah, was crazy it was, that night. He it was, was deadly. But yeah, I, I, I like the way that works. Uh, that there You can take multiple wounds, uh, but the table can also kill you instantly. Uh, yeah, you can take multiple wounds. The, the poker chips that you're supposed to carry are nine. The number you're supposed to have is nine. That right. represents your nine wounds. Okay. Yeah, so, the, the one thing I didn't like about the, the wound system was that I think there was a graze that doesn't do any damage. The headshot kills you instantly. Uh, leg and arm shots had effects, gut shots had effects, but anything that actually took hit points away knocked you down, which which I thought was a little wonky that like you're shot in the arm and you fall down, just like anything that did damage knocked the knocked the player prone. Yeah, which which I guess is is was probably a decision, and I'm speculating wildly here on the intent of the game designers. Uh, but it was probably just a way to mark a unit uh, or mark a miniature as, as being stunned. I get that you could just got shot, 
and you're going to miss a beat. And they thought, well, instead of having a stunned marker, we'll just make them prone and you turn the figure over. I I think you're exactly right. If they hadn't called it prone, I would probably like it better. (laughs) But just the fact that it sounds like anybody that gets shot down flops in the dirt immediately or shot and hurt flops into the dirt immediately seemed a little wonky. Yeah. So in this game, I mean, you could technically get grazed like nine times, like, well, actually, yeah. I mean, you could, yeah, because you can get winged and just get take one hit point of damage. It's possible with a bunch of unlucky rolls, and, and that could happen. Yeah. Um, so you can also get headshot on the very first try yeah. and out of the game. Yeah, or you could be out of the game on the first, yeah. uh, the first combat of the game. Yeah, it, it can be very, it, it can be very up or down like that. I, a lot of people got in our game like died right away, and then other people were were still hanging around till the very end with multiple gunshots. Gunshots. Yeah, we had five players, five or six of us with two mm-hmm. miniatures apiece. Yeah, we had six of us with yeah. two mini- miniatures apiece. There's twelve miniatures on the board. Yeah, which is and, uh, which how is do you another. Think that worked. I, I think it worked well. Uh, I think you could probably swing three, maybe four miniatures a player. Uh, but the activation system is a limiting factor because there's only so many values in a in a poker deck. Yes. So you couldn't exceed that unless you did something really wonky by making it specific to number and suit and combined several decks. And at that point, you've got like three or four decks of cards devoted to this game that are all mixed in together. And you've got to sort <laughs> through four decks of cards to pull out every three of spades yeah. in, in I, four decks. Yeah, because so, it's a poker deck, yeah, you're limited. a little cumbersome you're, at that point. Yeah, it, it does get that way. Yeah, it, I, I guess you could modify it. You could maybe make a custom deck of cards yeah. and not use a poker deck. Yeah. And have but, maybe have numbers go up to 15 and yeah. then the suits of cards, I guess you could. But, but six players is a little, I mean, that's, that's a test of any rule set. Um, but that, I mean, that is something that might come into play if you were looking to use a rule set for a convention game. Six players isn't out of the ordinary at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Club night, a six player game is big for us. Uh, but with a low figure count like this, two, two minis a piece, it was pretty workable. Yeah, I, I think, but that's, I think this rule set is intended to be actually a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. Because the combat, it, there's, it's pretty detailed as far as, you know, coming up with the percentile, percentile to hit, modifying it, and then rolling to wound and with the location and the effect. It, it can, I think it's meant to be under 12 miniatures really for this game set. Um, we did, we did six players, 12 minis, and it, we played in about three hours, I think. Um, but it's solid mechanically. It's easy to understand. I mean, everyone had it within the first couple rounds. Um, yeah. If you were just playing like two players, like two rival gangs or the, the posse and the outlaws or whatever, uh, I think you, you could maybe stretch it to eh, five or six minis a player. Would I, I think that would be workable. Yeah. It might be yeah, a little uncomfortable, right. but it could be done. So I, I think for the crunchiness of the rules the the limitation of figure count set by that activation method uh really isn't a huge knock against the game because it's crunchy enough that you don't really probably don't want more figures than that on the table to begin with but it's not so crunchy that you're like one mini per player correct yeah Uh, i gave it uh for let's see for mechanics i gave it an eight out of ten what'd you give it uh i gave it a seven seven 
Okay. Yeah, uh, it, again, it, maybe it's just a thing that, that that mechanic was called prone and you knock the mini over. Uh, but that that irked me a little bit every time that happened. I, I thought the I, I thought the uh, quick draw thing was a little weird too. And again, ma
Well, I, I, I think it's pretty complete as is. Well, I think I, that I says everything. Don't think you there's need a lot right of ambiguity. I, th well, I think you go on the website for support, like for um, minis. Like, do, do they offer like painting guides or buildings to download or free downloads for scenarios or things, like painting guides, anything like that? Like, and this website does offer that kind of stuff. There are actually wallpaper there's there's wallpaper you can download so you can put on the insides of your buildings when you make them there's um there are free downloads for scenarios there's miniatures you can buy um there are links for buildings too um and there's also they actually i have a rule uh they have a what am i trying to say a um they have a campaign that you can download that's based in 1812 so it's like a modifier of the rules and it's a, it's a whole campaign just for that time period. So there, there's quite a bit there. Now, you know, I don't know if, if they're answering um, emails or not. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't check that, but right. I, I think as far as like being there, if you wanted to get the rules and, and buy them, they are still in print. So for that reason, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It's got, yeah. it's, it's got everything you'd want in a big production. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten too. Like I said, I don't see the need for the like kind of rule support. Uh, they do have a quick reference sheet to download and print. Uh, they've got assembly guides for some of their terrain, the buildings, and that kind of thing. Uh, I think do they have these signs. No, this is also an assembly guide, but they're in PDF, color photos. Uh, but that's really their their miniature line more than the rule set there. But yeah, it's a solid website. Uh, they are a miniatures manufacturer, uh, so they're going to be around a while. It's not like uh, somebody published a book. It didn't do well. They fold the company. Uh, we, we see their multiple vendors carrying knuckle duster stuff at conventions. Uh, so they're popular. They sell well. They're you know they're not, I don't foresee them disappearing overnight. Yeah, not Boy, a, a lot of self-published stuff just kind of vaporizes after a year or two of popularity. So let's add everything up here. And I, I believe if my math is right, I gave it an overall 84 and Dieter, I think you are an 83. No, wow. Just, that's really close. We did I'm not just, just a hair notes. less generous than you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did not compare notes yet. We came up yeah. to within a point of each other in the same score. We both like this rule set, don't we? Yeah, I, I, yeah, and in '83, I mean, even though that that's you know graded on a curve for those different categories, in '83 is kind of about how I feel about this rule set. It was one of my favorites of the ones we played. Uh, really, probably my top two. Uh, but the the two I liked the most, neither of them stands head and shoulders above the other. So, yeah, a good solid B rule set. Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, there's a lot of positives with this. Um, the the only thing I think it's it, if you're looking to play a really large game with a lot of players and a lot of miniatures, this is not the rule set. Other than that, this is a great fun game, and you're gonna have a good time on the table. And hopefully, you come prepared with a lot of movie quotes because that's what we do at our club. <laughs> <laughs> So that that will conclude um, this rules review of Gunfighter's Ball by Knuckle Duster Miniatures. And I, um, I hope you guys give it a try and come back next week where Dieter and I will 
review another Wild West rule set that we happened to play recently at our club. Thanks, Dieter. Yep, thank you, Josh.